0: Hello, folks. Last week, I mentioned that with Division 2 being in time, we needed to retroactively rethink what occurred in Division 1. After last week's exploration of death at the Baes, we get a shift of gear, so to speak. Here, Heidegger confronts the question of temporality, the meaning of care, and just what exactly... Is anticipatory resoluteness. And I'm here talking about the generally section 60 to 70 of being in time. Now, all the concepts we've studied up to this point present to hand and ready to hand, authenticity and inauthenticity, fear and anxiety, death and demise, truth, states of mind, care are all reworked here as. Iterations of Dasein's Fundamental Temporality In overview, we could say these sections are reported for two obvious reasons. Firstly, they round out the idea of authenticity that is implicit from the the earliest pages of the work, and they do so through the idea of anticipatory resoluteness which is important for our understanding of Dasein. Secondly, they provide a full account of the temporal structure of Dasein, which is hugely important. Some readings of Being in Time tend to focus on the idea of world, or being in the world, and present a pragmatic reading of the book, which is great, but they tend to pay little attention to Division 2, or downplay the temporal analysis. This is a great shame, as in a sense, these sections... Sections 60 through 70 are the core of the whole book, or the point about which it turns, and in addition are are highly original. Part 1. The ontological meaning of care. Up to this point in being and time, the question of temporality is implicit. In all the concepts we have looked at here, there is a sense that time is central. It's in the name of the book after all. Being in time. So, if we look at some of the concepts we've looked at to this point, for example, Heidegger's treatment of death, say, we see death make manifest how we are in the present, aiming towards fulfillment in the future. With truth, for example, we see the world's dearest unveiled. Temporally or historically, with anxiety we see that our being is fundamentally uncertain and ahead of ourselves and is therefore intimately connected to perspective loss. So as a good phenomenologist, Heidegger on these pages is moving from an implicit account of temporality to an explicit one. But simply, up to this point, Heidegger is not exactly be shy about telling us that temporality is the horizon upon which the media must be projected. But here, for the first time, we're getting into the weeds, so to speak. He's starting to go into more detail about what exactly is the temporal structure of Dasein. The title of Part 3 of Division 2 uh, is Dasein's Authentic Potentiality for Being a Whole and Temporality as the ontological Media of Care. This title itself indicates how Heidegger is moving from the analyses of being towards that, which understood Dasein as a whole, towards an explicit account of temporality as the structure of that whole. We need to be careful with the term whole, though. In a conventional sense, whole can mean plenitude, full, completed, and in a way, though for heidegger heidegger is saying that the whole of dasein from birth to death is not whole well it's whole in the sense that it's it dies and its whole is in some sense incomplete since it is only the whole when it is no longer now the first thing heidegger needs to do is draw together the different strands that he's been discussing in the previous sections so Firstly, he needs to connect being towards death in which Dasein can be a whole with resoluteness in which Dasein can authentically act in a concrete situation prospectively with his possibilities in view and is thus not a whole. So there's a bit of a contradiction here to be resolved and the way he does it is quite clever. Heidegger needs to bring these things together otherwise Dasein's wholeness is unrelated to authentic action and vice versa. The name for the bringing together is anticipatory resoluteness. Dasein is the being that as a whole cannot be in itself. That is, it cannot be wholly itself until death, at which it no longer is. In the interim, Dasein is its possibilities. Temporality constitutes the totality of life from birth to death, where that wholeness is always at issue. And I have a whole list in inverted commas there. We need to be tentative around that term. If we take way back to the opening pages of being and time, we know Dasein is the being for whom its own being is an issue or at stake. Now, after all we have learned, we can see that the meaning of being is only explicable in terms of the question of time. Being is time, or perhaps more accurately, being is intelligible only as time. Now, to get to this point, to the point where time is the meaning of our existence, we still need to be, as Heidegger himself says, guided by, and I'm quoting Heidegger here, in a full and constant manner, Dasein's existential constitution as we have exhibited up to now. In other words, we need to look at anticipation and resoluteness through the existential and ontological structure of Dasein as set out in Concrete Experiences of Dasein and that by following these analyses through, we will come back to the ontological structures themselves, the structure of life, really, uh, hopefully with greater clarity. This is, then, a classic example of the hermeneutic circularity that characterises the whole inquiry. In addition, Heidegger also turns to a concept that he has not mentioned for quite a while in these sections, and that is the notion of the self. This is an interesting moment, because... As we know, Heidegger has been reluctant to use the term self, well, due mainly because of the metaphysical baggage attached to the term. The reason his returning now, we can surmise, is because we've done all the conceptual legwork when outlining the existential structure of Dasein to the degree that we can understand Dasein as a self. Still, Heidegger is very cautious with the term self. He says the self is not based on And I quote him here, uh, a substantiality of a substance. It's an odd phrase that. Similarly, he says that the self that emerges will be, and I quote him here again, neither substance nor subject. In other words, what he's driving at here is that we cannot understand the self as a thing. It's not there in terms of thinghood. Rather, we need to understand the self as a form of what Heidegger calls self-subsistence whose being is, as he says again, conceived as care. By subsistence, Heidegger means that what the self is as Dasein is only conceivable in terms of whatever activities it engages to maintain itself across the span of its life. Thus, the basic character of the structure of existence is temporal activity. In this way, and I'm quoting Heidegger here, the primordial phenomenon of temporality will be held secure by demonstrating that if we have regard for the possible totality, unity, and development of those fundamental structures of Dasein, which we have hitherto exhibited, these structures are all to be conceived as at bottom temporal and as modes of the temporalizing of temporality. That last phrase is a bit odd. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. Uh, soon. At this point, then, to understand Dasein as a whole, we need to understand that it is not a thing. And a thing is something present at hand, only intelligible as something only in itself. For Heidegger, Dasein cannot be a purely in itself. Rather, Dasein is for itself, if you want to put it in the Sartrean register, where the for is its horizons of possibility. Ultimately, Design, insofar as design is revealed as a whole, but not as a thing, only here will its temporal structure come to the fore and be accessible. Once again, one could mention here Heidegger's debt to Aristotle. For Aristotle, the means we are always aiming to realize the final end of human life, the good, agathon which is equated with happiness or well-being, eudaimonia, flourishing as it's sometimes called, insofar as it is this final end that all our actions and reasoning aim, it has a futural sense. Yet it is also strangely and enigmatically present too, since life, and living well in particular, is an activity that is an end in itself, not an activity aiming at some end beyond it one's whole life is therefore implicated in each moment, suggesting a structural unity underlying the apparently linear movement through time and the stages of life. In Aristotle, this futural sense remains enigmatic because happiness is clearly not aimed at in the way one aims at a finished piece of work that lies ahead. Aristotle also would argue for the self-sufficiency of the good. So happiness where it is reachable, attainable in itself, but is so not for the sake of something else. So while it takes time, a whole life, to be happy for Aristotle, the totality of life, or a complete life, is a life that comes to an end. So as long as one exists as a form of life, being alive alive, cannot be secured since death is the only guarantor of a complete life. This is an odd way of saying that one is only happy when one is dead. While we are alive, it means our happiness is prospectively contingent, or anticipatory, resolute, in Heidegger's terms. Put another way, the fullness of our lives, while alive, are structurally exposed to risk, threat and loss. This is a structural problem that time reveals of Dasein, and these parts of being a time can be considered as Heidegger's preparation to fill the gap Aristotle does not address. That is that life is exposed to death or in other terms that or the fact that as long as one alive or is alive happiness is unobtainable not insured. So what the whole of one's life or the completeness of death make explicit is now only intelligible in terms of time itself because of any form of authenticity is constitutively exposed to a loss. In authenticity, too, is exposed to a loss, albeit perhaps in a a duller or less illuminated sense. Here we see that because death is ever present indeed, as we said in the last lectures, death is a phenomenon of life. The point we get to is resoluteness is authentic being towards death. We exist in a state of... Prospective anticipation. In Heidegger's words, and I quote him here, resoluteness is authentically and wholly what it can be only as anticipatory resoluteness. The connection between the phenomenon of authentic decision action in the situation and the phenomenon of being towards death has been made. And again, the connection is not something external but rather a demonstration that the two are implicated in one another such that resoluteness cannot be Authentic without anticipation, and hence anticipation is inherently subject to loss or or gain. It's fundamentally modal or possible, to which I will now turn. Part 2. The care of the self. Heidegger, by connecting the question of death to the question of authenticity, is now able to explain the form of life which death makes present to Dasein. Dasein, as anticipatory resoluteness, is care. Care is a temporal notion also because any thought, decision or action that Dasein engages depends on both legacy and prospective understandings. Dasein's cares is automatically concerned with, with whence it came and where it is going. This care is inherently fraught because life is essentially incomplete. Consequently, any form of life is inherently exposed to contingency, to risk, the possibility of failure, but equally to the possibility of success, progress and development. The point is not so much the content of what happens to Dasein, or how Dasein thinks or feels, but the structure itself considered as an originary temporality. Dasein is a modal being that is the possibility of success and failure, of the activities we carry out over time and hence Dasein is intelligible only as time, or fundamentally as time. Thus, any form of self, or belief, or intention, or deepest values, depends on asserted contingency. Such an emphasis on contingency might seem a type of relativism, where a relativist might say all values are contingent, or all values are equally good, but the point is deeper than that. For Heidegger, the Those things which are valuable, the things which make life meaningful or matter, are only considered comprehensible as valuable because they are inherently vulnerable, precarious. Indeed, that which is valuable only becomes explicit when we can understand what is most important as intimate with being towards death. Whatever commitments, projects we endorse as meaningful are so because they are both valuable, and vulnerable concurrently. Furthermore, the beliefs, ideals, values we hold dear are not theoretical or abstract and removed for Heidegger. They're not something that floats ethereally above our lives, but rather our practical commitments, norms, things which we need uphold or absolve during our lives. Thus, the structure of our lives is of care, care for various projects that might or might not be taken up. We see this with the notion of conscience, which Heidegger deploys. Conscience is conscience for our existential, anticipatory resoluteness. Again, it is of a different order to the moral conscience we find in our average everydayness. Heidegger tells us something rather interesting here. Existential conscience is not conscience per se, rather it is the wanting to have a conscience. This is a curious way of putting it. Does one not either have a conscience or a lack of conscience? And is it possible not to have a conscience but want to have one, or to have a conscience and not to want one? Well, the answer to the second question for Heidegger would be, well, no, because the engagement required for authentic being towards death and thereby the anticipatory resoluteness at which conscience is manifest has to be upheld or sustained, made explicit as a form of self-subsistence. Why? Because it has to be constantly renewed or repeated or sustained. A practice of self-subsistence, as we mentioned. A conscience is not a thing, it's a way of being. Having and wanting are equivalent here. Thus, our values, as in the way we often say, I have values or I hold values even, implies always a type of desire of sorts. And thus we are the beings which continually desire the clearest and most dear sense of our own anticipatory resoluteness. Anticipation forces Dazide to confront itself with a possibility that is constantly certain, but also indefinite, and that is death. So living, the structure of life, the structure of the meaning of being, is a desiring towards death. Death reveals, then, that all our thoughts, values and intentions, those things we want to maintain, or will to maintain, are because they are inherently vulnerable. Think about it. If you see, say, a loved one riding a speedy motorcycle without a helmet, we know that they are valuable because they are more exposed to death. Similarly, we might attach value to, say, a heirloom brooch, The brooch is valuable because it might or might not be lost, not because of any quality that the object present to hand in itself contains within itself. I think here we've gotten to something very important for Heidegger. We must understand Dasein as a being for whom time is an issue. No matter... What our values are, left wing, right wing, liberal, conservative, they're only intelligible because the lives we lead, the authentic projects we develop, are inherently exposed to risk and threat. They would not be valuable if they were not. We could think of this the other way around too. If one is not exposed to debt in some way, if debt is not a phenomenal life, then we are wholly present. And if we are wholly present, then there is nothing for which we can be anxious about, and thus there is nothing for which we care about, and thus there would be nothing to matter. The whole purpose of being in time is to make manifest how this insight about our temporal being gets lost in everydayness. Heidegger reminds us of Dasein's tendency to interpret itself only in terms of the things of its world, which in turn encourages it to cover over the ontological structure of its own existence. To bring it close... To let it be disclosed clearly, the interpretation will have to reverse the self-concealment that Dasein sets in motion by understanding itself in terms of the world around it, in terms of atemporal things. That is, it must move from the everyday understanding of itself, that it has for the most part, brought back to the ontological structures that underpin such an understanding. It has to diffuse the way the day self understands itself in order to understand itself as temporality as such. Heidegger's interpretation of uh, Dasein as Originary Time means the structure of life anticipates all that it has come to be is also a phenomena of the future. That hints anticipatory resoluteness. That we are sub- where it in itself certainly discloses constraints on the possibilities available to us. Now, no one is passless, so to speak, but what and where we find ourselves ties to that which is imminent. Okay, but what does this tell us about the kind of being we are? What does this tell us about Dasein as the historical being? Well, most bluntly, it tells us that Dasein is the being that is both active and passive at the same time which is, of course, a paradoxical way of putting it. Dasein is passive insofar as it is thrown into a world and is the recipient of all kinds of norms, traditions and commitments which constitute it. But because Dasein is formed as anticipatory resoluteness, Dasein is equally the being which cannot but actively care for, commit to the life it leads as it tries to transform its historical situation. In fact, Dasein is all of these things at once. It is the past, the present and the future. Pursuing the problem of Dasein as an active and passive being, Heidegger returns to the idea of care, which is the ontological structure of Dasein. Care is articulated into three elements. Ahead of itself, being already in and being alongside. That roughly correspond to future, past and present respectively. But if Dasein is to be a whole, then care itself must be a whole. This means, first of all, that The three elements are not initially separate and then joined together, say, afterwards. Instead, they must form an original unity, in spite of being articulated or expressed in these terms. In turn, this means that the three dimensions of time must themselves be articulated as a unity. We meet here one of the key themes in Being in Time, particularly of the later chapters, and as the necessity that time be presented as a unity. Heidegger is pretty decisive on this point, proposing that Dasein can only exist as this kind of unity as long as, and I quote, it is itself this being in its essential possibilities that in each case I am this entity. I think there are a couple of things going on here. First, Heidegger is ruling out any sense the self somehow exists behind or beneath this unity, as a subject might be thought to lie behind its axe. In more familiar terms, consciousness is not something added to a subject and is not an act a subject performs, as if the subject were still there when not performing. Rather, as the basic idea of intentionality in phenomenology states, to be a subject is to be conscious, and to be conscious is already to be conscious of something. Putting this back into Heidegger's, Dasein is nothing apart from its actual existence, and therefore, if it exists as a unity it must be manifest in its actual existence. This brings us to the second point, which is that design can only be itself as a unity if it avoids being drawn into the impersonal existence of the day self. Authenticity achieved in and through anticipatory resoluteness, or thought about in that way, will therefore be the way the unity of Dasein's existence completes itself as time. A rather awkward way of putting this, which Heidegger uses in a number of parts of these sections, is the temporalization of, temp- of time or the temporalization of temporality, by which he means to understand time in terms of time, not, say, in terms of objects or world or time thinking itself. Part three, the meaning of time is care. To understand what Heidegger means when he discusses the meaning of time, as care, we need to understand what he means by meaning. Now, from the start, we have said that the question of meaning is key. The meaning of being is what unites the whole book. And now we discover that the meaning of being is time. We must be careful. For Heidegger, time is not a thing. It is not something that can be picked up like a stone or a pebble or a pen. Rather... When talking about the meaning of time, Heidegger is referring to the structure or form of the relations that give consistency to what is disclosed to Dasein. As such, he is referring to the order of Dasein. If we understand order, in its fullest sense, is that which is primordial. The prime order or the beginning of relations from which assignations of roles, tasks and commitments can take hold. In the case of the understanding of being, this will be time. That is, temporal relations are the way being has structure and consistency. And we cannot speak of being without relying on such relations. This brings us back to the phenomenological structures of a Dasein is a being that is an in order to, or an inherently relational being. Because it is relational, Dasein is always in a state of anticipation or is always ahead of itself, already in and alongside things. That Dasein is, means care. Care as we know emerges because we are the beings who die or we are inherently contingent and that is the source of all our value. But more deeply, we are the being who cares within a specific temporal order. This is why Heidegger sets out the temporal structure of care. The threefold structure of ahead of itself, already in, alongside things, becomes the future, past and present. Heidegger is at pains, though, to emphasise that we must not get sidetracked by our everyday understanding of future, past and present. Our everyday sense of the future is rather derived from the primordial ontological fact of Dasein's being ahead of itself. Not the other way around. Importantly, the future, understood ontologically, has priority. This is to say, Dasein is potentiality for being. And everything follows from this. Specifically, that Dasein is already in its world and involvements. And that Dasein finds itself alongside things in this world. Heidegger writes, and I quote... The character of having been arises from the future, and in such a way that the future, which has been, or better, which is in the process of having been, releases itself from the present. This phenomenon has the unity of a future which makes present in the process of having been, we designate it as temporality. The present coming from a future which is in the process of having been. If this is confusing, it may help to remember that Dasein is characterized as potentiality for being. Going back to classical Greek philosophy, Aristotle again, the concepts potentiality and actuality are at play here. The idea of a potentiality thereby introduces the future, but in a way that is rooted in the past, since the future, end of the process of actualization, must already have been a past potentiality. As ever, though, Heidegger will insist that such terms are understood ontologically. This means that the ahead, the before, and the already alongside are not to be understood in the usual way we think of the future, the past, and the present. That is, they do not indicate what is earlier and what is later, and so on. Such an orthodox account of time as a line, as what can be measured by clocks, would leave us with an ontic interpretation of Dasein. The ahead... The having-been and the already-alongside do not indicate parts of time, but rather fit together as the formal structure of the way that Dasein exists as temporal. Thus, what Heidegger has tried to disclose is Dasein as a form of life, or, if you like, a form of temporal life. But what form of life does, does Dasein take? What form of temporal life is Heidegger referring to? Well, our form of life is what Heidegger calls ecstatic temporality. Ecstatic temporality is another word for the original temporality that is the structure of the being of Dasein. And in a rather radical implication, because being is disclosed through Dasein, also it is the structure of being itself. Though Heidegger does distinguish between these two in German using Zeitlichkeit, temporality in relation to Dasein and Temporalitat, temporality in relation to being. Uh, Ecstasis, which is a Greek word, and it literally means standing outside of itself. The English word ecstasy here is a derivative. Here indicates that each aspect of temporality is dynamic and not simply a part or a dimension. Again, ecstatic temporality is not like a thing, which has fixed boundaries and coincides with itself but is always already beyond and outside of itself as heidegger writes a little further on i'm here talking about section 65 of being and time if you're interested heidegger writes temporality is the primordial outside of itself in and for itself it is fundamental then that each of the three ecstaticas belong so essentially with the others that they form a whole Temporal ecstasis is expressed almost in a poetic way for Heidegger. And Heidegger's really pushing the limitations of language here. Temporal ecstasis is expressed as a primordial unity or surging forth, or even in the later Heidegger, as a, a blossoming of the past, the present, and future. More specifically, then, being alive involves the future, and in fact, the city involves the past. The present is glimpsed momentarily when. Dasein resolutely transcends his fallenness into the world and be authentically there in a moment of vision. With the term moment of vision, Heidegger is playing with the German term Augenblick, which is really an everyday word for moment, but literally means blink of an eye. In the Augenblick past, present and future are also there. So it is not like an isolated now with the past just gone and the future just imminence. are, in other words, not there. After this long road, we have come to a version of an upside-down Plato of, of a sort. The flux of appearances is that which remains the same and that which remains the same is only intelligible because it indicates that which is different. Sameness is transformation or at least inseparable from change. In section 69 of Being in Time, Heidegger riffs on the Platonic idea that reality is more real than the flux of appearances. For Plato, the ideal world is more knowable, but also more real. Why? Well, because the forms are eternal and therefore more enduring than the flux of material life. Heidegger agrees with Plato's way of getting the truth, if not the outcome, I think. The problem with the outcome is that Plato bases reality on something extrinsic to reality itself, the good beyond being which is a further condition, which cannot be a part of being in any way. And Plato, this is an enigmatic thought, but Heidegger proposes to offer a clearer version of the story. He proposes that it is temporality which is the original condition. But this is not extrinsic to being. It is being. In some of the more complex passages of being and time, Heidegger is telling us that beings show themselves, and therefore being itself is disclosed in terms of temporality. The light, or the Platonic light, if you think back to Plato's paradigmatic story of of the cave in the Republic, the light of the world is time rather than eternity, or temporality. A key difference in from Plato, however, is that whereas light has a source, the sun, the good beyond being, for Heidegger, temporality Temporalizes all by itself. Even though it is finite, there is no origin or cause of temporality. And to suppose this would be to treat it ontically as a kind of thing. In conclusion, in conclusion then, the primary thing we need to grasp from this lecture is how Heidegger connects the question of being towards death with the question of resoluteness. Resoluteness describes the steadfastness, the efforts of Dasein to maintain and sustain the life it leads. The effort to repeat itself to keep life the same, despite being exposed to loss, risk, threat, contingency. Being towards implies the opposite, also requiring the acknowledgement that there is also a negation at the core of our being, that death is a phenomenon of life that is constantly present. Here then, we see life death. ...as the form of Dasein's existence itself. The form of life is anticipatory resoluteness... ...where we await, anticipate a debt that is present but indefinite... ...while at one and the same time imposing our will and desire on the life we lead. At all times, nothing in our life makes sense without the question of time... As we should know by now, the world is not something which occurs in time, as if there were an eternal, or at least very long, stretch of time in which a series of events are followed one after another. Time, or temporality, is the very structure of the happening of the world. The world temporises itself in temporality, as Heidegger puts it in section 69, that life is inherently exposed to risk, threat, that loss is crucial for Heidegger. Because this is what gives life value, or what makes life matter. Life and value are not separable, but neither are they reducible to each other. The things we hold dear are important, significant, precisely because they are subjected to risk and loss. Heider's great discovery is time gives value to our mortal life.